0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Guys, and welcome to episode number three of the Danny Button MMA show, only on Ace Podcast Nation. I'm your host, Si. Here at Ace Podcast Nation, we have podcast series and shows on all types of subjects. We regular series on mental health, conspiracy theories, serial killers. The podcast with no name, which is our films and TV show. Wrestling, and of course, our weekly football show, which is the Andy Campbell Championship Show, where we review all the SkyBed Championship f- football uh, matches as well as the latest news from around the football world. Uh, with Premier League and Championship former Premier League and Championship striker Andy Campbell providing the uh, insight and analysis. Last Friday, we dropped a brand new unscripted and uncensored show with UFC fighter Brett Johns. You can find that and all our other shows in video format at youtube.com slash Nation, or available in audio format for download or stream at Google Pods, Apple Pods, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify and all those uh, podcasting apps. We've also recently recorded episodes with Bellator fighter Tom Mearns and UFC hot prospect Jack Tankshaw coming off his uh, UFC debut recently uh, and they'll be out over the next coming, coming weeks today we're talking mma and mma mma M-A, easy for me to say and in particular ufc 245 which was last night a very very fun show to watch and uh, joining me to break down the show provide his uh, superb techn- technical analysis former cage warriors featherweight champion and british mma legend mr danny button welcome danny how are you mate
1: <laughs> i'm all good sir it's been a good weekend
0: yeah, I was struggling to get my words out then. It was like mm <laughs> mm
1: m- 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 Late that. on Sunday. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's been a long weekend. Lots of MMA in there fighting. So just before we get into it, I wanted to ask you, are you aware of or did you watch or know about the fame MMA? Do you know what that is? No. So enlighten me. There was an MMA show yesterday which has been building in for the last couple of weeks. It's basically uh Pro MMA uh, company or show, which was around like Geordie Shaw, you know, like reality TV stars, uh, okay. pod- podcasters, people like that. I just wondered if you watched it because I saw a lot of like proper fighters uh, mm. talking about it on social media and uh, I don't think they were very impressed. And I think actually, this came up when I spoke to Paddy Pimblet, was because he's had, um, there's one guy called Aaron Chalmers who's from Geordie Shaw. Who right. is actually turned pro, but he's put the work in um, mm-hmm. and and trains professionally and you know does it properly. He's trying mm. to make a go of it. Um, I think he's kind of punching above his weight, trying to call out you know people like Paddy or mm. you know, other Cage Warriors fights. And I don't think he's there yet, but at least he's trying to do it the right way. Whereas like this show last night, I didn't watch it. I saw clips of it and I've seen mm. the build up to it. To me, it just feels like. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It just feels too cartoony and I feel like it tarnishes MMA and combat sports rather than does anything positive for it. Like the, the new eyes that it will attract and not going to be like uh, a positive impact on the sport generally. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, if you weren't aware. I hadn't heard about that. I mean, I uh, no doubt I will. Um this will probably get spoken about at the gym at some point when they go in um on Monday um, yeah. but yeah interesting format them trying to do it in that way I guess but whether that's successful or not time will tell
0: yeah I mean they've done similar stuff with boxing and and these mm. sorts of things it's just it's not for me I've got to be honest mm-hmm. I prefer to watch kind of the, the proper proper stuff as it were yeah of course yeah Um, Okay, so just before we go into it, I'm going to just do my little sponsorship plug for uh, friends of the show. Uh, So today's show is brought to you by Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. With football, music, and weekend party and high on the agenda, they aim to bring you some exclusive products. Edgy, controversial, most importantly current, from T-shirts, polos, shorts to hoodies, jackets and accessories. Stick with them, and they aim to bring you terrace wear that will turn heads and provide the cutting-edge look that we all crave. And uh, just modelled by me. I got an away day apparel T-shirt there. Could have done with a battle model, really, but there we go. Here's what it is, I suppose. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Okay, so we're going to break down the UFC main card, fight by fight. Danny will uh, give us the technical analysis. I'll speak as a fan. I thought it was a really, really fun show, actually. So I'm quite looking forward to talking about it. I thought the women's match, uh, women's bout in particular, I thought was excellent. Mm. Yeah, um, excellent. I,
1: I really enjoyed that too.
0: Just before we do that, I wanted, uh, as we as we like to do, I would like you to fill us in on your uh, your BST fighters and how uh, what's the news? Where are we doing?
1: Since yeah, you- yeah. Uh, we, just last night, I was at an event, uh, an event in London, um, we had uh, a guy fight. Um, At welterweight, it was his pro debut, Lucas Laza. Um, You will hear about him as time moves on, once he builds his profile up. Had a good uh, amateur career. Um, Had a tough opponent. You know, the guy was really good with his hands, but Lucas being Lucas turned it into a real dirty, smother, gruelling, gritty, grindy match, and uh, lots of blood, lots of bruises, and lots of sweat. And, um, you know, his opponent couldn't come out for that final round, so the ref had to stop it. But, um, yeah, good night good start i suppose yeah. all you can do is that's you know, it there's the can... last one last one of the year i think we're 30 and six as uh, a club for this year 30 wins with it's six impressive coaches. isn't it it's, no, impressive it's not bad
0: because you've got quite a few fighters fighting at a very high level as well haven't you so you know yeah. to be to be that uh, 30 and six is
1: not bad at all yeah yeah because even now, amateurs i mean they're all defending or fighting for world and european and Area championships, you know, they're not take, just taking any old fights. Um, yeah, we, we're not the type of people to build people's records through having fights that we know they can walk through. Every one that they have is a is a potential real battle. Well, funny
0: enough, when I spoke to Tom Merns, uh Thursday, which hasn't been released yet, but it will be out uh, over the next week or two, he uh, he said himself when he came back from his injury. Obviously, it was a very serious injury, uh, mm. and it went viral on the internet because of the brutal sure. nature of it. Um, and he said he, you know, he could have taken uh, a nice, a nice easy fight to come back to, but yep. it's not kind of in his character, and, and it's not the way he's trained and coached. He wants mm-hmm. to, you know, push himself and challenge himself. So he had the one fight in the yep. cage, cage Warrior show, and then he obviously went on the Bellator show. Unfortunately, it didn't go his way. Um, but you know, he was really honest in his assessment of it. He felt yep. like. He hadn't been up to, you know, his usual levels. But he also thought that the the person he, he fought against wasn't really looking to win the fight. He was just
1: looking to to kind of stop yeah. Tom and
0: yeah, slow the, guy, slow the
1: fight down. That guy did exactly what he should do with Tom. You know, Tom's another typical grinder. He's another person who likes to be in a fight. Um, and you know, if you want to start trading with him on that sort of situation, you're going to risk losing. Yeah. Um, it's on sort a of big platform, Bellator, and this guy wanted the the winner on these record to build his profile up, and he did exactly what I would do if I was going to train a guy to fight someone like Tom. You know, I'd be saying, "Look, let's get this guy down, let's control him, let's not allow that uh, line out of the cage, so to speak. Let's keep him yeah. caged up with a tight game." And and the guy did it really well. You know, there's no two ways about it.
0: Absolutely, and, and you know, Tom's a, a pretty big name to take as well, and yeah. you know from the the other fighter's name. It's a, it's a, it's a good result, obviously. And oh, actually, funny enough, today, uh, Tyson Fury was asked uh, what he thought of Andy Joshua's recent win uh, yeah. when he beat Ruiz to regain his titles because he's obviously taken a bit of stick. And Tyson Fury said, I would rather win being boring than right. lose and be entertaining. And I think yeah. that, that takes it on. I know... That yeah. There's there's this certain expectation with fighters that people want to see entertaining fighters. I I do get that, mm. but at the end of the game, at the end of the day, the game is to win, and the win. Yeah, yeah, fight.
1: yeah. Uh, it is that fine balance. I think when you make it towards the the real top and you're starting to really get some good money behind you, you know, I do also think that you are in the entertainment business yeah. and. You know, you should, it will do nothing but kill the sport. If everyone thought, oh, I just want to play it safe and try to just, just get the win or, you know, Mm. by doing it a boring, it's going to kill the sport. Um, So, you know, luckily there's real varied characters out there and you get your good fights, your bad fights and, um, and obviously styles make fights too. Um, Yeah, I wasn't a fan of, you know, what I saw there with that. That boxing, it, it was... Uh, yeah, you know, he did what he needed he got, to, he got, didn't he? What was it, 80 million or something he got paid? Ridiculous, yeah. I think when you're getting paid that amount of money, man, well, yeah, you should perhaps be a little bit more entertaining. Perhaps, you know, you got a lot of people watching it. I don't know. We all have different views on it. Um I just don't think it's doing boxing any good. It certainly ain't doing his profile any good boxing like that. No, and um, my problem is, is if
0: he tried to box like that against Tyson Fury, for instance, hmm. Tyson Fury would take him apart.
1: Yeah um, the style. And
0: I I, I understand you've got to, you know, you've got to fight what's in front of you. And if yeah. he had tried to do what he normally has done, where he tries to get in close and, mm. and knock guys out, Ruiz would have caught him again because that's yeah. what Ruiz wanted. And you could see there was a bit yeah. of frustration from Ruiz because he wanted him in close and in the pocket and dirty. But yeah. you know, you can't I suppose it's you don't wanna in any Form of combat sports, you don't want to play into your opponent's of course uh, strength. So. Yeah,
1: so yeah, and th- and that's where it's um, sort of really that all up in line. the air. Uh, we don't we don't control it. Yeah, you know, it's it's down to the two people that are in there to decide how that fight goes. Um, and they can only, you know, with the you know, way Joshua did it, he could only hope that it worked and it did. Um, and just because of the way it was, he had to do something that kept it very clinical and very disengaging um yeah, to make it, was, it work uh, yeah and it did it worked it it got back his belts and um it makes for probably a, a third fight at some point with them see i don't think he'll
0: take that fight i think now it's between the three of them is wilder yeah uh, joshua and mm. uh, fury and i think yeah. you know they are the fights to go i just yeah. hope they don't do what you know, like Mayweather and Pacquiao did, where they drag it out for five years, and then they're all past their prime when they finally do it. Yeah, I'd yeah, like this to happens see it next year. Let's see it happen yeah. next
1: year and see where we go with it. It's happened too often in boxing for history, really, where the the greatest just avoid each other, um, and then they end up facing each other past their prime. You're absolutely right, which is such a shame. You know, um, we don't have that problem in MMA. In MMA, they're all ready to put it on the line, no matter what. And, and that's one of the other reasons why I love this sport so much, so much so real honest. You know, if you're the title holder, you're willing to fight anybody to defend that title. And if you're working your way up, you're willing to fight anyone to get the chance of that title shot as well. Um, yeah. yeah. I like that about the MMA community.
0: Do you think that it's because in boxing, you've got like the WBC and the WBCC and there's so many organisations that and and then you've add in things like DAZN, who've got like exclusive deals with boxers and yeah. ESPN and like there's so many of these organizations and then when you add in all the exclusive TV deals it just makes it very difficult to you know to get these fights done
1: yeah there's a lot of fighters on, really want it yeah it's not i just don't think it's even the fighters that are causing the issue i think the 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 fighters would literally fight anyone that um yeah. That, that that's right to do so in regards to challenging them. Um, I just think because there's so much money involved, there's a lot of people involved and that's a lot of opinions involved and trying to get everyone to say yes to something when there's an easier way out, such as, you know, creating your own championship or fighting for another belt, which is an easier route. Yeah. I just think it's uh, down to a lot of other people behind the scenes on why these fights don't happen.
0: Yeah. So, obviously we just mentioned there um i spoke to tom um he's got another fight coming up uh in dublin yes, that's um, right so obviously he seems when i spoke to him he seemed exceptionally focused on getting back to where he feels that he should be and yeah you know, obviously he had that disappointing performance last time out um what uh what do you expect from that fight coming up
1: yeah um I'm just you know the, the hope is that we're going to get rid of all of tom's rust um yeah, he kind of got away with it his first combat fight and uh you know did win on well under the circumstances we know his ankle was in a bad way in real bad shape before that fight, you know but he pulled off a win you know against a reasonably tough guy, but of course this last fight that he lost this guy was um you know uh you know he's a good 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 pedigree guy, you know he's someone that can take the win if you give him any kind of space to do so. Uh, and Tom just showed that it was rusty that night. Um, that's the only thing I could say. Yeah. Um, we started to see the pattern of the fight as it was unfolding round by round. This guy was going to shoot in on the hip um, and, and keep taking Tom down and controlling him there. Um, and, and Tom just couldn't create a response to defend it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it just looked rusty. That's the only thing I can say. It's the only conclusion I can make, make of it. But you know, we're back to the drawing board. We're gonna put some wrongs right. Um, gonna just get him a full healthy camping and uh, see what happens for this next one around. I- I've got high hopes for him for this next one. It's one of the SBG guys, isn't it? So
0: Yeah. Do you know much about the do you know much about his opponent
1: at the moment? Well, I know I know bits about him, you know, obviously seeing his his fights that are out there. Um I think stylistically this suits Tom a lot better than the previous opponent. So just for that fact it puts his percentage of you know, getting that win more in his favour than previous. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I just looking forward to it. It'd be great. It's a great team to fight up against, great opponent to fight up against and on a great platform, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lovely city as well. Yes. Yes. I'm looking forward to experiencing that.
0: Um, Obviously another exciting fight, which you've got uh, down at BST is uh, Modestus. Um, What's the
1: plan? Or is that top secret? Okay. So, well, I mean, yeah, there's no real real secret there, there yet, but obviously, you know, there's there's no um, secret in terms of where he wants to head. He wants to go USC, um, and I think he will get there. Um, yeah, you know, I can't say too much because I don't know that much, but yeah. I, I do know that's where he wants to head. I know that his name's been bantered about uh, on the USC side of things, um, so it is something that's probably going to happen. But when and who with, I can't tell you. I, I just don't know that. But certainly, you know, is he ready for it? Yes, he is. Ready to be UFC champion? Well, no, not yet. But he's certainly ready for that UFC platform.
0: And potentially, obviously, he's he's a current champion in Cage Warriors, isn't he? Yes. Um, So what would happen? that Would he give up that belt or would he keep it up for the time being?
1: If he gets contracted with UFC, um, yeah, I don't think UFC allows him to fight outside that contract. So, yeah, if he gets contracted... And that'll be it. But UFC, you know, they have been known to um, put people in for single fights. Um, yep. In which case, it's C- not a contract thereafter. So he continue to defend that belt because that belt belt means a lot to uh, Modestas. But if the opportunity arose to go to UFC, that would mean more than the belt.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So do you think if it was um, when they do like the one fight to kind of deal, is that basically like a tr- almost like a trial? Would you say?
1: Can be, yeah. I mean, for both parties, really, there could be a trial. You know, one to see whether he can perform on that platform, or does he need a few more fights? And for also UFC to see how he conducts himself under pressure of that 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 sort of like that level step up and that extra pressure of knowing you're fighting on the UFC. Yeah, of course. um, and then you know contracts can come thereafter. Um, you know, from what it seems, these single fight contracts normally come up because of some kind of um, short-term take of a fight. Um, you know, if a fighter pulls out and then the would step in. I mean, that's a typical scenario where that might happen. Because there's, um, I know there's a couple of, um,
0: there's Cage Warriors London coming up as well, isn't there, yeah. soon? Um, but I think, I'm, I might be wrong, I'm sure there's UFC
1: uh, UFC London in 2020 as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah, probably so. And they, they normally do something UK bound, don't they? Fifteenth
0: so. of March, there's a, right. a, a UFC
1: card in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, in London. So
0: you never know; it could happen. So <laughs> better get him on here before um, before he gets signs and takes over the UFC. <laughs> but uh, sounds like 2020 could be a huge, uh, huge, huge year for BST, mate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, each year has been huge. It just gets more huge each year. That's that's sure. the way I see it. We're on the way up. We're in flight in, in terms of our experience and our level. Um, yeah, we. we uh, there's no limits. We're heading to the top. That's all I can say. Yeah, I think you can tell just by the caliber of,
0: uh, you know, the caliber of fighter. Obviously, we just spoke about two in Modestus mm-hmm. and Tom. You've also got um, Jordan, who I am not going to try and pronounce his uh, surname because I don't want to yeah, offend I the lad, But um <laughs> I uh, I was watching some clips actually of, of Jordan and Modestus the other day, and they do yeah. both they both look the real
1: deal. Um, yeah.
0: Has he got any? Has he got fight coming up, Jordan, or anything coming up at the moment planned?
1: Um, again, there's things being spoke about. There's nothing concrete in the pipeline because we're just coming to the closing of another year. Yeah. Um, of but all these options will start coming to light probably mid to late January. Then I'll have more of an idea on who's heading where to what what promotions and what have you. You know, in, in hindsight, you know he's under Cage Warriors initially, um, so it will be another Cage Warriors fight that we'll wait upon, and we just want to step up that level bit by bit. He's still a real young lad, so yeah, I don't want to yeah. throw him at the deep end. Although I think he could conduct himself very well at the highest level um, in terms of fighting on the platform of Cage Warriors, but I would just want him to keep gaining experience. Yeah, how old is he? He's like he is really young. Isn't he? Yeah, twenty-two, twenty-three, something like that. Yeah, you know, real young, real young. He's still got, you know. Give
0: yourself time time to develop physically. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the that's the I guess that's the 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 thing you've got to kind of judge and manage as your coaches and whatnot is is knowing the right time for these fighters to make that jump,
1: you know, to the next
0: level in terms of who they fight and what levels they fight at. Yeah, yeah, and I guess there probably comes a point with all fighters where their ability and their talent. We'll just negate. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll navigate that that thing anyway, because they'll get to a point where they'll be so impressive that they'll,
1: you know, yeah, yeah. Think things will happen. Yeah, but that's just you know that's the pro side of things. I mean, on our amateurs, even more busy than our our pros. You've yeah. got a lot of grassroots guys coming up through the ranks. We've got uh, numerous uh, world champions on uh, Battle Arena, which is one of the biggest amateur events across Europe. Um, yeah, know, we've mopped up quite a lot of their titles over different weights. Um, yeah, we've got some real young talents coming through. We've got Haddy, great striker. He hasn't got to showcase his ground skills, but trust me, he's got good ground skills as well. Um, we've got Noah. Um, he's an Albanian young lad, and he he's just Tom. You know, good uh, uh, Tom everywhere.
0: mentioned him, actually.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I see him. Yeah, I'm not going to pick names, but we have different pros. Um, yeah. Come from all over, and you know, bearing in mind some of these lads are just amateurs, or the lads I'm talking about are amateurs. They handle with these pros very, very nicely. Um, you know, to, to give you some idea of the calibre of these young lads as they come up through, and they're all you know just turned into their twenties. In fact, we've got one lad; he's what seventeen years old. Um, he's really going to be something. I mean, he's he's nailing top top level guys on the ground time time again. And now with JP Graham and uh, Lee Edwards, our striking coaches. Working on his striking is now becoming a bit of a um young lad with the striking too. Yeah, some scary prospects coming through.
0: So just lastly now, in terms of um, obviously like with BST or with other um, you know, MMA coaching facilities, what, um, what sort of percentage of the amateurs which you'll have you know within the club or whatever, what sort of percentage of those will turn pro and go on to do it you know for, for a living?
1: Yeah, I mean, initially now, you know, these, these young lads, they, they know what they want. They they want to have some form of career. Um, normally, you shake every, anyone off at amateur. So not all of them go and progress to pro. But I'd certainly say 90% or more do. Um, but then when you look in the terms of the, the whole club, uh, regards the MMA classes, probably 90% don't compete at all. You know, yeah. they're there for the experience, the social aspect, the fitness, the confidence. You know, know, mustn't mistake our club as being purely a fight gym. It really isn't that. It's ultimately a gym for the masses. It's just that we do have a really good fighting format there. And um, we do produce fighters as well. We could take it literally from being a social uh, for confidence building right up. If you want to take it to world class, you certainly can. But there's certainly no pressure to compete.
0: That's um, that's really good because I think, I think we talked about it before, like mm. I've looked into it before at certain points where I've wanted my kids to, to sort of do like MMA training from a social mm. point of view and just kind of see where it goes. But I found it quite difficult to to find somewhere local which, which do it. Um, mm. And there is more and more places sort of popping up. But um, what I found is a lot of the places locally, you can't kind of get like a general... MMA class is generally like, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or grappling yeah, or, yeah. or karate, you know, a certain martial arts. Um, but I am happy to see that there are more and more popping up. And I think, like you would know better than me, but I would assume there's more uh, kids and people doing MMA as a social side than there's ever been, which is only good yeah. for
1: the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I can, I mean, I can ultimately only base it on the experience I have at our club, you know, that's Mm. where I spend all my time, but yeah, there's many people there who come and just rub short. We've got some guys and girls that are definitely good enough to compete if they wanted to, it's just not their desire to do so. Um, you know, they're happy to have a spa and, and train alongside the fighters. They just don't want to take it as far as putting themselves on the line with the pressure or, the lifestyle of cutting weight, they just don't want that in their life. Or maybe they, they just can't fit it in their lives. I mean, you have to really dedicate to even be a top amateur these days. It's its really not for the faint-hearted. It's not easy to succeed at that level anymore. Yeah, do you know what? You just reminded me of something which I was going to ask you about, and I forgot
0: to tell you beforehand. Um So obviously, uh, Paddy the Baddy uh, Pimblet. Was due to have his comeback fight after yes. being out for eighteen months. Yeah, um, which was obviously a big deal for him because he he had been such an active fighter. Yes. Um, so it, his initial opponent opponent um, pulled out, so they mm-hmm. got brought someone in, uh, you know, to replace him at relatively short notice, mm-hmm. um, and then the fighter he was Joe. Uh, Giananti was supposed to fight came in I think it was 13 pounds overweight. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, and I think I look to me if he he knew a week out that he wasn't going to make weight. Mm. So to me uh, as a, someone who's not a fighter not involved in MMA not involved in anything like that to me the respectful thing to do to your opponent is to say look I'm not going to make weight but yeah. I might be able to make this weight could we do it at a catch weight? Because obviously by not giving his opponent that respect and saying that he's yeah. not going to make weight, Paddy still did his weight cut, yeah. still you know, still cut the weight, still did everything, made sure he was ready for the fight. Sure. Um, and I think what, like I spoke to Paddy briefly after the weigh-ins, and I think why he was so angry and he ended up having a bit of a rant was that after they weighed in, uh, his opponent sat down and started rehydrating and eating. Yeah. And he was a bit like, you're not even going like, to go in the sauna or no, try and... I
1: know. Yeah, I think it's a disgusting performance to be honest. I feel really sorry for Paddy. You know, obviously there's a lot that goes in to preparing for any fight but to have a fight when you've had a bit of a layoff, you know, I see it with Tom Murns. You know, there's a lot of anxiety that comes along with it during your fight prep because um, you really never know where you're at when you've had time out and um, yeah to go through that you know losing your opponent first off and then getting a potential standing that comes in way over I and mean, he wasn't even close uh, I don't know what the lad was playing out coming in that heavy yeah I just thought sorry for called Paddy. It
0: a, Paddy called it a tactical weight cut uh, in that basically the guy came for a holiday from America
1: probably so, at yeah. the time
0: of his life but I mean The other thing I noticed is when once Paddy had a rant, which because he was frustrated, which you can Mm. understand, is then the other guy, uh, Joe, had said, you know, he said, "Well, I would have fought." So it's you who's refusing to fight, and Paddy was kind of saying, "Well, by the time the fight comes, and you've rehydrated and eaten, you could be a stone heavier." Yeah. And like you know, fighters, let's make no mistake: fighters put their lives on the line every time they fight. You know, there's various things that can happen or go wrong, or injuries and you know you're being punched and kicked, yeah, and then to then expect someone to take a fight when you've missed weight by that much and be a stone mm. overweight. I don't think you can put any of the criticism, you know, on Paddy's side for not taking that fight.
1: In my no. opinion, no. I mean, some people would have, uh, you know, patted Paddy on the back and say, you know, you know how brave, how res- you know respectful for you to still take that fight if he took it. But the truth of the matter is, he should never take a fight like that. No way. I mean, okay. Maybe if the guy really tried and he missed it by, you know, by ounces, you kind of get that, yeah. But uh, not that far out, no. No. Um, Probably this guy was texting some English bird and he found a (laughs) way to get over it. I don't know. We we can only surmise. Only he really knows the truth of why he did what he did.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you think... The other thing is how much weight, so from a weigh in when someone say they make weight yeah. well, from when they weigh in to the fight the next day, how yeah. much weight do the do will a fighter put back on in that 24 well, hour period? It does period? depend
1: on what weight division you're in initially, but you know, you don't want them putting on too much. So let's say featherweight, you're making around about 66 kilos on the day of the fight. When you're fighting on the day, you know, you really don't want to be more than 71 kilos. Um, yeah, I think the perception used to be, you know, try and be heavy as you can, but it's going to make you feel slow. It's not going to make you feel good when you're in there to bulk up too much. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, you have got to find that balance, and you you there's a lot of scientific research now goes into the way you cut weight, the way you rehabilitate yourself, and I think now they've got you know rules, certainly within Bellator, and I think possibly UFC as well about how much weight you can put on now. Right. Okay. So, you know, again, to keep everything healthy regards to the fighters. Yeah, um, and I
0: think that's the main thing, isn't it, with weight cutting and weight cutting's traumatic. Let's face it. Um, yeah. You know, it can be very traumatic for the fighters, um, and I think it's vital that the MMA as a sport and companies and coaching teams and doctors, everyone who's involved, make it as as safe as possible, but also as as less traumatic as possible on the body because um i think it was tom when we were speaking about wake and he said you know that the longer period you can do the cut over the less traumatic it is on the body isn't it is if you're trying to cram it in and you know the last couple of weeks that's that's not going to be good
1: for anyone is it that's right yeah it's definitely subtle subtle is good it's a, it's a little bit like being deep underwater you know you come up too quick you 're going to get the bends you've yeah. got to get yourself acclimatized as you come up and it's a little bit like that with the weight cut really you've got to acclimatize your body as you reduce your weight down um, and then you've got to start nailing down your 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 water load so that when you do lose the water you're not losing you know any deficit to your fitness. And when you get it right, it's a it's a beautiful thing because you feel great on the day. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so we have had a, a, a nice little chat about uh, yes. the BST fighters, the weight yeah. cut, the We've uh, we've got through all that, and it was good. I think- That's the good thing. I love these shows just because I can just fire little, little questions which pop into my head at you, and you can give me the give me okay. the answers. I try my best. I like it. I like it. It's good. And it's, a good, it's good for MMA fans and it's good for casual MMA fans as well who only watch the big shows and they can hear someone like you who's got that experience and that knowledge to explain those things. And that's what I try to do, is I try to slip in questions, which I think people who are not engrossed in MMA like on a daily basis, yeah. they might be interested in, in hearing the answers to. Sure. So, sure. UFC 245. Um, what was your kind of your big picture or your overall feelings with the show? Did you enjoy it or
1: Oh my god, there was so many amazing matchups and uh the matchups really didn't disappoint. um uh, no, it, it was one of the be- be- better ones. I mean UFC produced so many good shows, don't they? But um yeah, this one was um yeah, a, a, an amazing matchup regards the card. So many big fights. Uh yeah. Brilliant. Well, That's I what think, we want, more of that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like,
0: I texted you yesterday and I said, this is unbelievable card. It's mm. just loaded from top yeah. to bottom. And sometimes with these big cards, they can kind of fizzle out a bit and not be that great. Or the hype is a bit, you know, you build it up to be mm-hmm. this big, huge thing, and it's not always as good. But I, don't, I thought that mo- the majority of the fights were really, really good, and they were all different. Yeah, um, you know there it, it was different aspects to each fight, which was enjoyable. And yeah. funny enough, I looked—I was looking at my notes for our last show for UFC two four four—and one of the things we both said was that it was one of the best UFC shows for a while. Yeah, I feel like this one has kind of carried on that momentum of quality. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to cover the main card, but was there anything you wanted to kind of pick up uh, about the prelims or anything like that? I know you,
1: uh, yeah, you watched some of it. Yeah, I, I, I tried to watch as many as I could. I'm just trying to think which one. I'm not, I, one of the prelim one was that Matt Brown. Mm. You know, Matt Brown retired, didn't he? Um, and now he he's did, come yeah. back, he's on a little bit of a tear. Um, this guy always impresses me. Um, you know, he's not the most physical of dudes. Um, he's not someone who beats you just because he's stronger and fitter. This guy just seems to fight so smart. Um, I was really impressed with the way he fought Ben Saunders really, because Ben's always an awkward customer, you know, this guy can can bang on the feet, and he's got awkward, awkward ground, as we saw in that one, I don't know whether you see that one yourself, I saw the end of it, yeah, just, yeah, um, you know, he was using, you know, some some rubber rubber guard aspects, and, you know, really tying uh, Matt Brown up, but Matt Brown really played it cool, he always found an answer for any questions put to him by Ben, and come out victorious. Uh, I, I really like that one. I, I, I mean, Matt Brown's getting a little old now. He's what, thirty-eight? Yeah, getting on a bit, isn't he? Yeah, and he's one of these guys. I feel kind of sorry for him, really. He's one of these guys that always get, gets right to the cusp of being, you know, number one. They just don't quite manage it. You know, it's uh, such a shame for him. But hey, you know, thirty-eight. Who's to say he can't do it again? I mean, Randy Couture, he was champion. Um, older than that, so maybe Matt Brown can still come back and yeah. I mean, there's still
0: you just never know because obviously you've got like Tito Ortiz fought the other day, so you just you know, there's yeah. guys still going who who um, you know are still you know getting on a bit in age in terms of age. I mean, you know, not that I'm saying Tito Ortiz is going to win any titles anytime soon in terms of like
1: the top level, but you know, he's still going, yeah, sure yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he just fights that sort of feature fights now. Uh, yeah. Occasionally. I, I imagine, you know, he's whether he fights again even now, maybe he just wants to end on I, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, you know, he so, ain't gonna be fighting for no big, big titles anymore. I no. don't think he would even want to.
0: Who do you think would be well who do you think Matt Brown could move on to next? Do you think he could maybe try and take it up a level and go for
1: like a, a Yeah, I think the yeah, I think they should, you know, should should step him up. I mean, he's been there before. It's not like he's inexperienced in the matter. But you know, if he's if he's uh, come out of retirement, he's come out of retirement for a reason, and and yeah. it's not just to fight. It's to to get access to that title. So yeah, I think they should step him up. Regards, who? That's a little bit little bit of a difficult one. I'd have to have a a little munch over on who's in that top fifteen. Um, but yeah, I. With someone like him, I wouldn't want you know say they have to rebuild him in, in any stretch. No, because of his age and that. If they're going to give him a chance, you know, give him a chance sooner rather than later.
0: That's right, and I mean, you know, he knows what it's all about. He's been quite uh quite impressive yeah. uh, since he's come out of retirement. So yeah, you you want to you almost want to jump on that. I don't mean jump on the bandwagon, but get it. While he's looking impressive and he's come out of retirement, there's no point in hanging around waiting.
1: Yeah. Look, this guy's legit and he's going to make a good fight of it no matter who he's up against. He can perform great against good strikers, great against great grapplers, great wrestlers. You know, he always finds a way of uh, making it look good and look pretty. So, yeah, I'd say let's let's step him up. Let's give him someone of real, you know, a real note and maybe uh, get him up to title status again.
0: Indeed. Um, yeah. and other you know, obviously, the first fight on the main card featured another fighter who is getting up there a bit in age, but um, I thought he actually looked very impressive despite losing. Uh, we had uh, I'm gonna butcher this name now, uh, <laughs> uh, Jan versus yes. uh, Uriah Faber, which I thought was really enjoyable. Fight, oh uh, man, I, I absolutely
1: enjoyed it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look it on paper you know, at the age and, and other things, you, you would write Uriah Faber off completely. And, okay, he did lose. And, and you know, Yan was you know pretty dominant throughout. But Uriah was always in there. Um, and, he, and he wasn't looking to have an easy way out. You know, he, he was there to fight. He was there to win. And I respect that dude, man. He's 40 years old. Uh, still in fantastic shape, really is. And, um, yeah, really good fight. I mean, he'd done a really good long knee, didn't he, in the first round. Um, You know, and uh, he's throwing some kicks out there. That Yan, you know, he's just younger, fresher, uh, and he's just everything he does had intent on it, and he showed patience as well. I think that's what impressed me about it. You know, in some of the previous fights, he almost looked a little bit like he's rushing the striking, but in this one, he was holding back a little bit more. It's almost like, well, look, I'm up against this, you know, Asian Uriah Faber, but I, I, I respect this guy. He definitely showed Uriah respect, and so he should have done. And he just held back, and he just slowly stepped the pace up as the fight went on, and um, you know, eventually you know, took it too far for a Ryber. I mean, he ended up with that nasty, nasty cut, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I think um, you have took the words right out of my mouth, actually. I was just thinking, as you, as you said it, what impressed me the most about uh, Jan was that he didn't just go steaming in. He, mm. he bided his time, and he waited. Um, yeah. And he, he got caught by that knee by... Um, by Faber, but as the, the, the even the first round went on, Jan just just picked his picked his uh, picked his moments, caught him with a kick, caught him with um, a couple of jabs, and he was just yeah. He got I think I'm not sure if it was the first round or the second round where he I think it's the second round he cracked him and he, he had a nasty cut on his eye. Yeah, and, and I got to say when I the first proper camera angle they showed of it, I thought oh they're going to stop that now because they were just so nasty. But, uh, you know, fair play to Uriah Faber, he was not, you know, he wanted to get straight back into it, didn't
1: he? What a warrior. It's not like we didn't know he was a warrior. I mean, look what he went through with Aldo, uh, all those leg kicks. No, when I was watching that fight, I never thought he was going to get to the end of it. But he did. He, He ate up all those leg kicks. And, um, Yeah, this guy impresses me. And one time, I think uh, in one of his fights, he broke both hands. Um, I can't remember who it was against, but I know he was throwing loads of elbows, standing elbows. Um, I I mean, that just says it all about the character of the guy. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, this guy's not at the top of his game anymore. Um, But certainly not doing bad at his his age. And he's still put up a great fight against Jan. But Jan's a real prospect. He's not even big at the weight, this guy. But he hits so much hot, harder than his size suggests. So really does bang hard, this kid. Yeah, those
0: high kicks look nasty.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah, uh, and we'll see. So
0: you mentioned the low kicks and those leg kicks, we'll see some brutal leg kicks later on in the show. Um, yeah. But yeah, the fight kind of. Uh, I think whilst Faber had his, a couple of moments where he caught him or he just looked dangerous. Mm. He never looked in danger of losing the fight, did he, Jan? He, you know, no. he was in control at all times,
1: really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Uriah was doing about all he could do, which was to throw things out there and the hope that it would start something off that could have created an end. But he just didn't get no tags on on Jan. Um, but Yan was getting the tags on him. And as the fight went on, more and more and more very quickly. And uh, yeah, once he knocked him down that first time, he was just constantly on him. And it always looked like Uribe was going to struggle to make it to the end of the fight after that.
0: Yeah, at, towards the end of the second round, Jan dragged Faber back to the ground and the referee kind of stopped it so the doctor could check the cut. Yeah, And I thought he was going to stop it there. Me too, and yeah. And I was... they, they carried on and Jan attacked him with the ground and pound and Faber mm. scrambles to his feet. And yeah, you could see at that point, right at the end of the round, Faber, you know, I say flustered. He wasn't panicking. But you could tell he was just trying to get to the end of the round yeah. uh, and Jan was you know, looking to put him away. He took him with another takedown um, and then the round finished. And obviously the third round then uh, well, didn't last too long. Jan took some swings at Faber. Uh, he attacked Faber with a high kick. Mm-hmm. Faber tried to clinch and uh, Jan levelled him with the head kick to force the yes, referee to jump in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Good stoppage
1: the right yeah, time? absolutely yeah absolutely it it, it 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 was it was good um you know you're right have nothing else to give um if it no. wasn't going to be finished then it would moments and minutes later um yeah but overall I, another good fight you know like i say if you looked at that on paper you could have been like oh yeah that's going to be you know one sided in a way where it's going to be over very very quickly but I've made a fight of it <clears throat> you know with the way he was throwing those knees and a few of those kicks and we all know about his overhands. He has some good overhands. It was always in there enough to keep you watching, thinking, "I wonder whether he's going to now Yang with him. just one of those." Just one... yeah, he's an explosive guy. You're right, about. but um, no, it didn't happen for him, um, and you know, the result speaks for itself, really. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see who they put uh,
0: Petryan against next. Obviously, he's ranked number four, yeah, um, and he's been very, very impressive yeah just be, i'm not sure who they'll who they'll go with uh, yeah i'm not so sure who, who they'll that, go with the uh, ufc bantamweight uh, weight division is packed yeah, full of uh, it is
1: absolutely but he's he can fight anyone at this stage now uh, no one's going to be out of his stretch to 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 possibly beat so you know whether it's going to be a title shot or whether it's going to be uh, you know the number one contender that he fights he's ready for anyone out there as far as i'm concerned yeah, definitely. I would like to see him get a title shot. I think. Obviously, you've
0: got Henry Cejudo is the is the man to beat and the champion. Yeah, you've got uh, Marlon Moraes, who's in the next fight. Uh, yeah. Algermain Sterling, mm. uh, Corey Sandhagen. You know, there's yeah. fights there, and even some of the guys below Petri Yang, like uh, Kobe G- Cody Garbrandt, and uh, yeah. I think Cody. Garbrandt's probably got a bit to prove before he would go. Possibly so, yeah, yeah. He needs to win before they. he should get a shot at uh, Jan. Mm. Uh, maybe John Dodson is there. Who's just yeah, about.
1: yeah. I mean, he's kind of slipping out a little bit now, though, isn't he? He's kind of yeah. coming out of it a little bit.
0: Be interesting who they go with. I would quite like to see uh, Moriahs, maybe. Or, yeah. or Algermaine Sterling. I think that could be a good matchup for Young. yeah,
1: yeah. Be interesting to see because he was. I thought he was very impressive.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, whoever he fights, my money will be on him. I think next time around. Yeah. Uh,
0: so next up we had uh, Marlon Moraes versus uh, Jose Aldo, who yeah. dropped down to bantamweight. Yeah,
1: that'd be, I mean,
0: mm,
1: this I was. Had, uh, go on, yeah, go was, on. Who, I,
0: all I was going to say is I. I had to say before I saw the weigh-ins and the fight, I was. Worried with how Jose Aldo was going to look coming down to bantamweight at his age, I thought he was going to look kind of gaunt and withdrawn. Yeah. And do you remember when Connor went down to? Yeah. I can't remember what weight he went down to, but he went down the weight, weight and he yeah. looked dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked really gaunt and just not, not, uh, not well. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I, I was worried about that. But I, to be fair to Aldo, he looked. In rockin shape, he was in good shape, yeah. he looked healthy, he yeah. didn't look too thin.
1: Mm. Yeah, and when you say, you know, his age, he's still only 33. It's um, yeah, which is crazy, he's just been around for a very long, long time, which you know, I heard them say in the commentary. You know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, normally as you get towards your mid 30s, if you're going to stay in the game, normally you would go up a weight, but. Um, yeah, he, sh- he chose to go down, but um, it did seem to revitalise him. I thought he looked sharper and fresher and fitter than he has looked for a little while at featherweight. So, you know, in, in terms of decisions on whether he was going to stay at the weight, go up a weight or go down a weight, it does seem that going down a weight was a better option for him regards how he was looking.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I've got to say, I don't think up until this fight, I've not thought that he's looked the same since the Connor fight. Absolutely. So, so, so I don't know whether yeah. it was a psychological thing that he got knocked, you know, he got knocked out so quickly, mm-hmm. and it was such a big fight, and he, he, you know, it took him a while to get over it. Mm. But um, I agree with you; he looked a bit. I don't want to say sluggish because I seem. I don't want to seem you know disrespectful to him, but he just hasn't looked the same at featherweight. No. Um He's looked a lot better in this fight. Yes. Saying all that, of course, he lost. But yes. One thing which did annoy me a bit in this was the commentary. They kind of made out throughout the fight that you know Aldo was comfortably winning. Um, yeah, and it kind of bugged me a bit because I thought mm. I did. Th- I thought Aldo won it, mm. but I thought it was very close. Um, and I felt like the commentary didn't paint to you know. And I get that Aldo is like a legend, and mm. everyone's got a great deal of respect for you for him. But to me, the, the announcers or the commentators, they should be, you know, calling it as yeah. it is. And I thought it was a lot closer than they kind of...
1: Yeah, portrayed I, I thought it. the commentating actually, uh, on more than one occasion, seemed a little bit off target. Um, mm. Yeah. It's unusual
0: uh, for Joe. Joe Rogan in particular is normally, and DC, they're both very, very good. Yeah, yeah, they um, are.
1: Um, but... uh you know, I and mean, we will talk about it as and when the the other fights come up. But there, there was another fight that DC was commentating on, and I was like, just all seems a little bit biased. Um, yeah. It's like almost he had a a, a, a more favourable person, and and it come through on his commentating, which shouldn't happen as a commentator. It's like being a referee; you can't be looking to side with one particular fighter. No, you, know, you, you you just want to hear their professional commentary. Um, but yeah, it just seemed to, to get a little bit biased, and you know Joe Rogan kind of gets pulled along with that a little bit. Uh, but I think you're right with that fight. Um, I, I think it was a whole lot closer than you know, people were or look, the commentators were making out. Um, I think Aldo was doing really well. I I did think he lost the fight myself. I know you you say yeah, um, I only just so though it was very close. Yeah, absolutely close. Um, to me, Jesse, uh, just Aldo lost the first round. You know he, he did get taken down as well. And, the you know, Rice come out with those astonishingly fast, powerful high kicks. I mean, they were scary. Um, but Aldo showed great composure and not getting flustered with those. But what a comeback in that second round. Aldo started looking really good with his hands. Really, really good. You can tell, you know, his, his boxing is of, you know, good, good notable level. Um, and I started to think, wow, you know, he's really going to take over this fight because Mraz has shown to fade as the rounds go on yes. in previous fights. And I thought, you know what? I think Aldo's going to do this. But in that um, third and final round, Mraz started landing those single jabs, single crosshands, um, you know, the, the the kicks as well he was thrown in the mix. And it just seemed to be enough to keep Aldo from being able to perform how he did in that second round. Yeah,
0: I thought he, he did well. Uh, to keep the distance in that third round. He didn't, mm. didn't allow Aldo to really get on top of him, yeah. say, like he had done in that second round. Uh, the one mm. thing I thought I was surprised that Aldo didn't use as much was those low kicks. He didn't well, really yeah. utilize yeah, um, them.
1: I don't think he's able to. If you watch uh, back the fight, uh, Myers was using you know, a lot of sidestepping left and right mm-hmm. continuously. And of course, you're never on center line then. Um, you know, if you stand in front of someone like Aldo, you're going to be in for a, you know, for a devastating night. He's going to hack your legs up look, just like you're a static tree with an axe going into it. He's yeah. going to knock you and chop you down. Um, but this guy knows about his leg kicks and it, he totally took away that aspect uh, of Aldo. Aldo had to use his feet to constantly track and find Morass. So in terms of trying to stop him from being effective with the leg kicks, that footwork certainly did it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think... That's, that second round in particular, we really saw Jose Aldo being Jose Aldo for the first time. And mm. like I say, I, I I know it's a long time ago, but I do go back to that Connor fight. I yeah. just feel like he hasn't been able to, you know, and I know he's won since then. Yeah. But to me, he just hasn't looked the same. Um, no, he's and, always
1: looked unstoppable, hasn't he? Um, yeah, well, you know, for, maybe he is. For a dec- for a decade he was looking just unstoppable every fight you you watched him in he was just waiting for him to either finish him or, or just to take center dominance and um and and just steal away round after round uh, but he just doesn't seem to have found that rhythm you, know, you just can't guarantee whether he's going to win you know round by round let alone the whole fight he just seems to be struggling um but as much as he struggled, you know, this guy was number one contender, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's not like he's gone down weight and, and warmed up at all. He's gone straight into a number one contender. So, for that part, you know, Dressel is certainly still up there and still a threat. Um, but he just didn't get the decision he wants. What he's going to do here on out, I don't know. I don't know whether he's going to carry on or, or what he wants to do. I and think... He's going to obviously reprove himself at this new weight.
0: Yeah, I think... It... Judging by his performance, I feel like maybe going to bantamweight would be a good idea for him. There's fights yep. there for him, like we just mentioned. There's, there's yeah, plenty, there's plenty, plenty of fights there for him, which mm-hmm. he could take on. Um, so you think Moraes had the first round? Yes. Um, obviously, he scored a takedown right at the end of the round. As well, um, yeah. So, yeah, I can see that. And, and like I said, whilst I thought
1: Aldo won it, it was so close that I wouldn't de- yeah, dispute. it or, was close yeah it was close and um I mean like I say you know it it was that close the The thing that you can say for Aldo in that third and final round because it was one round apiece. Would you agree? You know, yeah, the first yeah. round going to Myers, second round went to Aldo he outworked land in combination with the hands, but in that third round, Aldo was dominating in regards to footwork in keeping Myers on the outskirts, but he was receiving you know scoring shots um uh, you know he was it, it was getting landed upon. You know, not like really, really frequently, but frequently enough. Every time he come in to try to find when Moraes was finding him. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, it just felt like yeah he was trying to always chase to even up the round rather than chasing to put the round away. Yeah, I was just looking up. at uh,
0: just looking at my notes actually for the third round, and yeah, it kind of goes along with that. It's a mm. lot of Aldo kind of yeah coming in and getting caught. With a jab, um, and Miles was responding with you know a, a few jabs of his own, and Aldo wasn't That's really right. able to, to to land anything of yeah. his. Uh, he did try. He tried to he hit him with a short right, and he tried to hit a flying knee, but he only really backed him up, thinking yeah. rather than connecting, and
1: then. Yeah, listen, when someone's doing side-to-side footwork as much mm. as Morais was doing, it's really hard to land a leg kick. But to yeah. try and land a flying knee when someone's zigzagging like that, it, uh, it's just not going to happen. Were you um, impressed then, by his footwork, Moraes? Do you think it was really, really good footwork? There was, there was nothing complex in in terms of, like, was he slipping and countering shots from, from Aldo? No, he wasn't doing nothing complex. But he was using the shape of the cage. It was pretty much a circle. And he mm. was using it so he's not stood in front of Aldo. Aldo's footwork has never looked good regards coming forward. Um, he's always been a good counter and this is the only thing that goes against him a little bit being in this division. You know, as you go down the weights, you know the, the, the guy's footwork becomes amazing. You know, I mean, they're, they're real live wires. Um, he's never had floating footwork. He's very flat footed. He likes to sit down on his shots, so he's got power behind his hands. He likes to sit down on his kicks, so he's got power behind his kicks. And, and to be able to do it at the velocity he, that he's been doing in the past, you know, you've got to be fairly stagnant, you know, to put that power in. And I think this is what's happened. I think that you know, he's become predictable and people have found a way around him. Um, you know, to me, you know, you can have good champions, great champions, and then you can get the extra standards and they're the ones that keep adapting. And if you know, just to point out as an example, someone to me who keeps always adapting will be someone like GSP. He'll always seem to find a new way to siphon a striker, to siphon a wrestler, or to siphon a, a really good grappler. Seems to always find the answers. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It'd be very, very interesting to see what Aldo goes next because, you know, yeah. there's fights at bantamweight, there's fights at featherweight for him as well. Of course, you know, he's, he's still Jose Aldo. Um, yep. <clears throat> I fancy that he might at least try another fight, another another go at bantamweight. Yeah, I think so. It did look sharp. And, you know, like we've said, and like everyone has said, it could have gone the other way by the judges. Mm. You know, there wouldn't have been too many complaints if it had gone that other way. So, you know, it's not like he came down and got knocked out. Um, So it's worth probably,
1: you know. Yeah, very close fight against the number one contender at that weight. Um, Not a bad performance. But I just think sometimes we're a bit hard on Aldo because he, you know, was such a legend at featherweight, so dominant for like a decade. You know, maybe we were a little bit harsh on him. But, you know, just to reiterate, this guy looked the best he's looked in, in a number of years. Um, and, and to me, that's only ever a good thing. So let's give this guy another chance. Let's, you know, put him up against someone else in that sort of top six, top seven, see how he performs and, and build him back up. And maybe, you, know, you never know, he might get another shot at a title at some point.
0: Well, can you, him versus, if you could get, um, Get Aldo on a winning trail, get a couple of wins, and and just belt yep. a bantamweight. Him versus Cejudo would be the money fight, wouldn't it?
1: Oh yeah, that'd be a great one. That'd be a great one. You know, because Aldo's notoriously hard to take down. I know he got taken down in that fight in an unusual manner. Yeah, but, a bit um, weird, not it? He's notoriously very hard to take down. You know, you know, would Cejudo be have to take him down like he has so many of his opponents. And you know, if he can't, can he deal with Aldo's striking? And indeed, what would Aldo be like over five rounds at this new weight? So there's so many questions still to be answered for Aldo down at this weight. So is his career done? No, it's not. If it was, it ain't a disappointing career no matter what. But there's still fight left in him. He's 33 years old. That's not to say it's too old. Let's see what happens. Yeah, it just needs to get get get
0: get that winning thread back now at bantamweight. Uh, in yeah. terms of Mariah's, obviously, I would assume he's going to get a title shot next. Oh
1: yeah, you have to give him the title shot. He
0: to. was uh, number one contender going in, and he won. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, so next up is the women's bantamweight championship. Now, to me, this was the most enjoyable fight of the night for me. Um, even yep. though I'd say the main event was probably the fight of the night, yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, yes, fight me too. From from a technical point of view, from a wrestling point of view, from a, just everything was very, very interesting. Yes. Uh, so we start off. Uh, Nunez starts like a bit of a, like a house on fire. She cracks wow. her with an overhand yeah. right. She's kind of swinging away. She gets uh, with some ground and pound, and then Durandamine scrambles to her feet, and Nunez catches her in a ch- guillotine uh, choke. Yeah. And then she manages to, to escape that, and both fighters are up. Yeah, And she's got her against the cage And it's just yeah. it's, it's like a bit of a scramble And it's um, It ends up with Nuna, uh, Nunez is settled into the guard Of Durandamene And she's nailing her With some
1: oh, Real big yeah. strikes Yeah um, well I, When you say nailing To me nailing is getting them clean in the face She just was not getting through that guard Yeah um, you know, some fight fights, you know, the referee perhaps could call time on some of that mm-hmm. kind of ground a pound. But uh, wrongly or rightly, you know, it could almost been looked as not being intelligent, um, defending in that way. But, you know, the ref didn't step in and stop it all. But at some points, so I was like, oh, could the ref call time on this? She really was going to town. But, you know, nothing was really getting conclusively through. Uh, but she weathered the storm. And she got through that round. And I was always worried. I say worried. My interesting aspect of this fight was would Nunez be able to go through those five rounds without beginning to fade and then the long rangy Jermaine take hold uh, in the later rounds? Um, And it almost did go like that at at some Mm. point. But um, a theme began to um, show itself. Um, from round one And become more and more apparent As the rounds went through And that was the lack of wrestling ability For Jermaine yeah. um, it, That could have been such a different result Had a takedown defence Been a little bit more on point It's not even about the grappling Although that could have been You know, improved as on as well um, Definitely could have done something in regards um, having a better takedown defence Because there was nothing super complex about them She was shooting in doubles Doing leg trips um, and falling for it hook long and sinker every single time
0: yeah there was one really nice trip I think it was in the second round where mm. she was trying to take it down and Durandamine blocked it and it was almost like she thought oh I've blocked it and yeah. then uh, Nunes just slipped her leg around the back and tripped her yes, that's right, really she did, yeah. really smoothly yeah um, but, yeah, I agree with the that first round, the pace that Nunes came out and the, the ferocity of the, the strikers and the ground and pound. Yeah. It, I did wonder whether she'd be able to keep that up. But then I yeah, also yeah, wondered yeah. if that happened again with the ref step in. Now, right. one thing I was going to ask you is, obviously, you're right in that when I said she, she was nailing it, it was more the ferocity of it rather than she wasn't hitting it clean. She had both right. arms up. She was covering... You know, her head, she was protecting herself. Yes. But like you said, uh, some refs would have stopped it because of yeah. how hard the strikes were, how, how many the strike, of the strikes there were. Right. But to me, she's defending herself. Now, what's, right. what's, what do you think about that? Like, she was okay. legitimately this is, defending herself to the strikes, wouldn't she?
1: The way I see this was, um, you know, if nothing had got through in the first place and she's just defending tight, it's almost like someone having closed guard wrapping up the arms and stooling the fight till it gets stood back to its feet. Okay, so just blocking all the attacks that are coming to you is not the greatest looking thing in the world and it's not going to do anything for you in regards the scorecard, but it is letting you survive. And over a five-round fight, it's just letting someone punch their way out. So you could try and look at this in terms of um, a boxing fight. You know, someone could come out for the first two or three rounds really laying into someone. Um, and that someone... Uh, you know, that opponent could just defend tight on the ropes and just let the guy punch themselves out a little bit like Ali did years and years ago with Foreman. You know, he, uh, it was almost like that. And that's what began to worry me. I was like, well, nothing's got through now had one punch really slipped through or one elbow really slipped through. And then she was covering up. I think the ref may have stepped in to stop it. But the fact that nothing really was conclusive, um, led to her having that tight defence. That tight yeah. defence was there just to stop any damage happening. But had damage happened and then she had to defend thereafter, that could have been stopped. But she was just was not in trouble. So to let the fight carry on, I think, was a good call. Yeah,
0: I agree. The, the second round, uh, Durandermeen came out and her strikes were immediately uh, a lot better. They yeah. were landing. She, would, she landed a nice head kick. Not clean, but it j- did... Yeah. J- it just kind of stumbled uh, Nunez a little bit so that she, I think it just let her know that she was still in this. Um, And obviously as the fight developed, you saw Nunez in more trouble than she's had in a very long time. Yes. It was, it was from the strikes, you know, every time she got it to the ground, there was, you know, there was no real, Mm. uh, there was no real, you know, like technical defense or or yeah. moving through the the guard or anything like that, or there was she was she was attacking from underneath with strikes. She nearly yeah. hit her actually with a couple of up kicks a couple of times yes. as yeah. Nunez was trying to you know be yeah. oh, trying to get did, twice me on the edge of my seat. <laughs> twice there was one and she caught her right end of her chin and I thought, oh my god, she's gonna yeah. end up knocking her out. Yeah, with from on the floor, but it was exciting fight. And I know sometimes the crowds turn when it's on the floor. Mm. Um, but I thought it was really exciting because Nunez was trying to get through that, trying to get her ground up and go in and she was trying yeah. to get through the guard. And and, yeah. and then you had the added aspect of Durandamine was like, had those up kicks, which a couple of times came close. And then every yeah. time it went to the back up onto the feet, Durandamine yeah. started to find her range yeah and look dangerous so.
1: absolutely in fact, you know when, when I take the whole fight and reflection um uh, you know Durandoine looked like the one that was always more potentially dangerous to put in the fight away. I know she had a terrible first round, but like we just discussed, there was nothing that really made it look like she was going to get put away by the, a, a, any actual shot she was just defending so 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 tightly so well um but of course, defending don't win fights and um the rounds got slipped away because she was defending so much regards to the ground scenarios. Um, there was one other aspect that I think could have definitely have changed this fight, would have been her ability to get do get-ups. Now, one of the things that we worked with Modesta's was it takes a while to become a decent defensive wrestler. It, you know, you're still going to get taken down in your fights as you develop. So one of the things you do work on is accepting that you might get taken down, but work on your get-ups to make that tap down not um, have any value for the wrestler yeah um she sometimes just settled for a back she was just was not fighting to stand up and make those rounds slip away so of course nunez in every round that she ever felt a bit uncomfortable on the feet always could sit back on the comfort of knowing that she can shoot and probably get her down and she probably will and she indeed did um so that, it took away the pressure that she could have had on the feet um to random mean I think, could have possibly put this fight away had she been able to stay on the feet a little bit longer with either get-ups or better defensive wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because the second round, um, Durandamine started really well. She hit that leg kick, and then, obviously, because she stumbled her a little bit, you know, she didn't rock her, yeah. but she just stumbled her a little bit. Nunes took her down straight away. Yes. and But what Durandamine did is she was ready for it, and she just she locked her up, she pulled her close and yes. she wouldn't let her get any until the ref stood him up. Yeah. Of course that is very basic defense, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and she obviously wanted to be on the feet. So that worked in her favor, but also yeah. it's exactly what you just said about the round slipped away then. Whereas yeah. before that, and after that, when she was on her feet, she looked dangerous, but because yeah. she didn't have the ability to do anything in the grapple or on the floor mm-hmm. or, it it did slip away and did you have sure. Nunes win every round
1: uh yeah pretty much yeah i think she, I, she, had Durant, she, 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 I had i had
0: durandamine win the second round i think okay yeah quite, yeah possibly so
1: she she, yeah, she she if she was going to win any of the rounds it would have been that one um she um uh, durandamine was doing really well um up against the fence defensively mm, yes. um she was creating a really good frame with her forearm and she was posted on the head, making it really hard for uh, Nunes to transition and, and drop levels on her, um, and always looked like she's threatening with the knees and breaking free back out into the open. So that part of her game was was looking good. Uh, unfortunately, our outward wrestling responses were not there, um, and and that eventually you know put her hopes of winning the fight um, to bed as the rounds progressed. Yeah,
0: and I mean throughout the fight, Nunes I think had her own. A- Choke at one point, she had her in a triangle at one point. Uh, I think mm. it was round four. Yeah, uh, they had a bit of a scramble, and Durandamy ended up with Nunez right. in a triangle choke.
1: Yep. But yeah, I actually forgot she, about that, but you're right. Just, yeah, she couldn't
0: quite get it in tight enough. No. And I don't know whether it was like a technique, uh, flaw that she mm. couldn't get it in, or whether it, you know, the position wasn't there. What do yeah, I mean? gone.
1: Yeah, I'd say, you know, she knows how to do a triangle and finish. But that's if the person who's in the triangle doesn't know all the cunning little tricks to prevent mm. being choked and um, and potentially defending it. Nunes is no slouch on the ground. Um, we, we, we could see that. Um, she was just, yeah, too too well-equipped defensively. And, um, you know, although she would know how to finish a basic triangle, she obviously didn't know how to transition with it. Um and 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 stopped nunez's uh, um tactics to you know avoid being choked out with it she it just she just didn't truly look in danger, although I was like, oh oh you know the triangle's been whipped up, it just didn't look like it was ever going to be finished no
0: did you um did you think Nunez could have done more in the later rounds to to try and finish it or do you think you know she did everything she could
1: to um to do that? i think I think once she stuck in that amount of energy she did in the first round, that probably hampered her ability to put her weight in any of the other rounds thereafter. Because that first round, that was really physical, electric, really, really physical. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, you know, but still, you know, dominant over each round, but did at times look vulnerable. Um, I think sometimes her strategy regards going into that open guard with those kickups was a little bit unnecessary. She was yeah. way ahead on the scorecard and right at the very end of that fifth and final round, she went jumping in to try and pass that guard with punches and, and one skimmed past her chin. I mean, any one of those could have been something that would have avalanched her into a, a quick demise. Um, so, unnecessary risk, I would say, doing that. Step back out, just kick the legs, exhaust more minutes of that round in a proactive position. But she kept going in with the hands and those long legs, of the round of me, yeah. dangerous. Could dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, and that would
0: have been disastrous,
1: is if right at the end of the fifth
0: round, when you're winning, you know, four rounds to one, at least probably all five on most cards. Yeah. Right. And try and like scramble for a grand, ground a pound and yeah. get caught with an up kick.
1: Oh, how embarrassing to be leading so dominantly throughout the fight to throw it away, possibly with an up kick. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would, that would have been a little bit embarrassing. I don't know if you ever remember. I'm talking way back now, so some of the older fans of MMA would have remembered Henzo Gracie fighting um, Oleg Taktarov. Don't know if you no, remember no, this. I mean, I mean, I mean that's got, they kind of looked at two different weight classes. Well, you know, Oleg, being the bigger man, ha- had uh, Henzo Gracie down on the ground, but he tried to engage on that open guard where Oleg was stood up and Henzo was down and he got up kicked, and it knocked him clean, cold. Really nasty. So, yeah, you have to, you have to be respectful. I mean, that, that, that uppercuts with the leg, uh, not, not a nice prospect.
0: No, and I thought I was happy for Durandamy because um, I felt like in the first fight that she didn't do herself justice. Mm. Um, I thought she looked dangerous on her yeah. feet. Um, so I'm glad, you know, she took it to five rounds. She was dangerous in the strikes, but... Yep i think if you're going to go at nunez if if someone's going to beat nunez um and it's going to be and it's going to be on the floor they've got to have a higher level of wrestling and grappling yeah
1: nunez is a it, it, she's a complete package she's um, got knockout power she's got good technical striking she can wrestle she can grapple uh, and she's tough um and al- always um in, in good shape as well she you know she is really well rounded um, but the nice thing about the women's division now is, you know, rather than having one woman who's just absolutely dominating it, like we did with Ronda Rousey, she dominated for, there's now a whole pool of women in each weight division that could all potentially run each other close. And you're beginning to see these female fights looking more and more like the men male fights um, in, in that, you know, they're so close in contention yeah. at that higher end, you know, in that top sort of seven. They're, they're all looking really good now and looking real more complete. But Durandame going through these five rounds did expose some weaknesses in her game. Um, and if the camp is, is a good camp that she's under, they should make um, clear adjustments. And I think if they fight again, which I think they will do in the very near future, that could be a very different result.
0: Yeah, I think um, I'd quite like to see Aspen Ladd get a go at, uh, at Nunes next. Yes, that would um, be a good one for sure. I think that would be a really exciting fight. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the women's division, I was just having a quick nose then at the bantamweight and the strawweight looks uh, tasty as well. Featherweight, yeah. the, all the women's divisions look um, like a featherweight. Obviously, is nothing um, yeah. because it was basically, the featherweight was effectively made for Cyborg yeah, yeah. She didn't want to cut the weight and she wanted the title. Yeah. And then she lost and yeah. left. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a worthless title because mm. I say worthless because Nunes is the featherweight champion. She's a double champ, but she deserves yeah. it because she beat Cyborg. Yes. But really, it's only going to be if someone from Bantamweight fights at Featherweight. Um, yeah. Or they bring in a featherweight fighter from.
1: Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with that. I mean, yeah, there's still developments to be made uh, with the women's uh, divisions, but initially, with the fights and the matchups, we're getting our money's worth. I think yeah. some of the women's fights are putting on better performances than, than a lot of the men in terms of their, their, their uh, enjoyment for viewing. I, I really like watching them. They're, so much goes on in every fight. They're so fit and gnarly, um, they've got so much heart. Uh, I'm really impressed by what these girls are doing. Yeah, even like in the flyweight, you've got. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko, yeah, like,
0: and she's, she's a standout, absolutely dominant. And then you've got the Chinese lady at to I can't pronounce her name, uh, Zhang yeah. Zhang Quili. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you got like Rose uh, N- Namajunas and Jessica Andrade, mm. Tatiana Suarez, Joanna John Jake Jack.
1: You oh, know, you're doing well with the
0: names. You're doing well. you are doing, doing better pretty good. With. I just just <laughs> reeled them off quick. But um, <laughs> but like, there's some top top fighters there in those divisions, and. They just, like you say, the fights for the women lately have just been very, very exciting to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's going um, to become more and more attention applied to the, the female bites bouts. And um, I think you're going to see more of the women's matches uh, headlining UFC shows.
0: Yes, spot well, on. Um, uh, next yeah. was the UFC feather, featherweight championship match, which was Max Holloway, the champion, versus
1: yeah, uh, I mean,
0: Alexander this- Volkanovsky.
1: Yeah, fan. I mean, this got kind of swallowed up with all the hype of Colby, didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I had to remind myself, oh, we got Max Holloway fighting. I mean, this match was, you know, in hindsight, was like the, probably the one that excited me the most in, in terms of, like, who is going to win this? I mean, Max Holloway's been so dominant, hasn't he? Uh, and looked yeah. so good. He, he had his attempt at going up a weight. That kind of didn't work out for him. So going back down to the weight that I think he's uh, more successful with, um, Babenoksky, uh, he's someone who could always match Holloway regards cardio. Holloway's got such good cardio. He's really tall and rangy, so he could kind of control the pace as well. Um, particularly when he fought people like Edgar, who's also really fit, but he could just keep him at range, and so no one could ever really press him. But um, Alexander, he's got fitness to match anybody, uh, but absolute opposites in body composition, and, and that's what was going to make it. Can, can one flow in, flow out and do the damage and get out in terms of um, Alexandra or uh, is Max Hollis going to stay on the outside and pick him away at range? Because um, both of them were fit enough to keep trying to enforce their game plan. Uh, wow. And from the get-go it was fireworks. Um, and, and and the way that first round break went was really setting a theme throughout the rounds with the moulds adjustments. You could tell they really trying to figure each other out. Um, but your leg kicks come into the game, which we're seeing more, and more, more. But they weren't calf kicks. Um, you know, they, they were a mix of inside leg, outside leg, um, on the shin sometimes and up on the thigh. But it is the speed of Polonofsky of getting in and out without getting caught very often um, by Holloway. Uh, and that's what impressed me with that first round. It, he was in and out. He was dropping damage. And he, he racked up an incredible amount of uh, of kicks on the leg of uh, Max Holloway. Um, brilliant first round. Um, I, don't, I don't think I've seen Max Holiday, uh, Holloway lose a round like that for, for many years.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it was really interesting because Holloway's been so dominant and, mm. and before his previous loss, when he went to a different weight class, he was literally just taking people apart from distance. Absolutely, yeah. Whereas Volkanovsky in that first round, particularly by the end of by the end of um, the first or into the second round, you could see the swelling yeah. um, on Max Holloway's leg and the inside of his leg, particularly. Yeah, and you can't always see that from the general camera shots until they focus mm. in on it. And you could see the redness on his leg. Yeah, because it, like you said, it was the speed at those kicks and mm. every uh, strike, punch, kick that Volkanovski did. He was it was done and he was out. Yeah, Holloway just didn't have he couldn't quite get his timing right to catch him as yeah. he came in. and yeah, he, but when he tried to counter, he was gone. Um, yeah, I thought he was really really impressive, Volkanovsky, really impressive.
1: Yeah, he did, but there were adjustments being made and they were subtle. And um, and Max Holloway started to trying to go at the body, mm. um, of, of Volkanovski, an absolute good call to try and slow him down, um. Uh, you're know, still struggling with the timing, but I feel that as the second round started to play out, although it was very much like the first, it's almost like you could see hopes of Max trying to figure out a way of trying to get to uh, Volkanovski. Um But you just wondered whether he's going to figure him out too late in the rounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or try and find some form early on uh, and maybe take it from round three, four and five. Um, I always thought, as the rounds progressing, oh, Max is going to switch it up. He's going to do something different. He did. He had to switch stance, but not for a good reason, but because that leg took too much uh, damage. But he actually started becoming effective, didn't he? When he switched that stance, he started landing that crosshand. Um, and I started things, thinking things were going to change. But of course, um, uh, Volkanovski started eating up that other leg. <laughs> yeah. It was Incredible. Kicks. They were so, so, so
0: dangerous throughout. Um, mm. Like you say, when he switched stance, Holloway did seem to gain a bit of an advantage from his striking point of view, but uh, yeah, you know, he switched the stance because his leg was messed up, and then obviously sure. he went to work on the other leg. Um, yeah. I was—I don't want to say I was surprised by Volkanovski because I knew he was a top fighter, but I was—I was a bit surprised with not him as such, but how much he dominated the fight against Holloway. Um, mm. because I did have him, I think I had him winning every round. Yeah. Um let me check. Yeah, I, had him. I had him winning every round, which yeah. I didn't expect going in. Yeah, because yeah. Holloway's been so dominant. Um sure. you no, know, obviously that's two losses in a row for Holloway. Um, yeah. that's unexpected. When you think about mm. what he did to Brian Ortega, yeah, when he just destroyed him, didn't he? Yeah, know, yeah, he messed he up his face, he messed up his leg, he was a bloody mess. Mm. and you just at that point everyone was saying he's unbeatable no one's going to mm. be able to beat him yeah. and then here we are months later he's taken two yeah. losses I know you could like you know he went <clears throat> upper weight yeah so slightly different but he's still taking two losses mm. Um. I was just trying to I think it was round three Uh, Volkanovski nailed like a multiple right hands um, yeah and Holloway sort of He still throw in to try and keep Volkanovski distance, but he's Mm. just the speed that he was getting in. Yeah. And every time uh, Holloway managed to keep a bit of distance between him, he would attack those legs. Yeah. So it was almost like Holloway was trying to keep the distance to do it, you know, to to take the fight his way. But then Volkanovski would adapt and go back to the leg kicks, which would cause Max a big problem. Yeah. With both legs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very clever. But yeah, it was. Um, but, you know, I think by the time we sort of got to that round three, um, you did see that maybe it's the, uh, it was either the pace, the amount of power that Vognosi was putting into it, all those kicks began to telltale. Although he never looked fatigued, but the sting in his, pun- um, sorry, in his uh, kicks did start to, to, to reduce, particularly in round four and five. So although he was landing um, still on that damaged leg, Um, it just didn't seem to be impacting uh, Max. And Max started getting his successes. He he was really trying to go at that body. Um, He tried to go at the body with a a, a sidekick or a jumping back kick or something like that. He obviously had a game plan to slow him down. And it did appear to work off sorts, but just a little bit too late. Um, And I think if you looked on the scoring regards to the strikes, uh, Voknowski was still, you know, know, beating him on the the, the amount of... uh, strikes yeah. being landed per round uh, yeah I mean ah, what an interesting bout but I, I hope these two get it on uh, again later down the line so it would be interesting to see whether adjustments are made because Holloway did start to look like he was going to have successes in those last two rounds yeah the fifth round particularly um, Holloway
0: came out he was attacking Volkanovski with a few kicks Holloway yeah. charged forward and he swung away at Volkanovski again um, mm. which again then you thought oh here comes Holloway now he's gonna you know yeah. he popped in with a, a couple of rights to the midsection and you're thinking here we go and then Volkanovski again went back to those low kicks yeah. but Holloway was able to sort of eat it and then come back with those I think he nailed him with the to the kind of the ribs and he was yeah. trying you know trying to get him Slowed down, and then he was—you could see he was trying to set him up, yeah, by going to the body, um, and he got a bit of success, like you said, in that fifth round. But Volkanovski was very clever. Uh, Yeah, he he put him up against the cage, which reduced that ability to for Holloway to really get into, you know, get into his body properly. Yeah, 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 or, or hit him from distance. Uh, and he nailed him with a quite a nasty elbow strike to the head in that fifth round. Volkanovsky yeah, yeah, him. but um, it was a bit of a wild striking exchange as well towards the end, yeah. which you got to get with these two, obviously. Um, do you think would you have had a Volkanovski every round? Uh
1: yeah, pretty much.
0: 50, 50, yeah, fifty
1: forty-five. I had it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's hard to to. to say any of them really went against him he he was just successful doing the same thing although less so in round four and five he still looked like the dangerous man um, out of the pair Uh, yeah shocker Um, yeah yeah I mean I'm not surprised he had the ability to win I think that was always potentially there for both parties But I just didn't expect Holloway to lose round after round after round and not figure a way back into it. Because we, like we've been saying, he's been looking so dominant at that weight. But you know, a new mound has come around. It'd be interesting. They're going to face again in the future, I'm sure. And yeah, adjustments will be made on both sides, um, I'm sure, for when they next face each other. But I think, I think, yeah. I even though it's been the way it is, if they fight again, my money going to be on Max. <laughs> to, I, I just think he can f- find a way out. Maybe I don't know. The thing is, he's proven to be so adaptable
0: over yes. the years to whoever he, he has. fights, and he's proven yeah. to be so dominant, like we've said. Yeah, it's difficult to bet against him, isn't it? Um,
1: yeah.
0: Like I was just looking at this featherweight division. Geez, what a division!
1: Yeah. So you've uh, got that's, that's
0: is obviously the champion now. Then you've got Brian Ortega, who's ranked number two. Aldo yep. three, uh, Margo Mardashipripov. I pronounced that wrong, <laughs> but he is an incredible fighter. Zabit, we'll mm-hmm. call him. Um, Zabit is incredible, and I would actually really, really like to see Zabit versus Volkanovsky. I think yeah. that
1: could be. I mean, do you look at those body comps? You've got someone who's what six one, six one and a half, mm. isn't is is, He's really tall, is yeah, 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 and then, um, yeah, and you've got both, he's right. five foot six. <laughs> yeah I then, mean what would happen in that match It would be unbelievable Then you've got like Yaya Rodriguez
0: You've got Frankie Edgar You've got Mercano mm. And then that's without Including you know like the likes of Conor McGregor at featherweight um, You mm. don't know what he's going to do Obviously he's fighting welterweight um,
1: Yeah I mean that's a surprise and I'd then, thought he, I mean that's an interesting I don't know what your thoughts are on it But I'm a little bit surprised he's doing it at one seventy I mean, what's what's with him in this one seventy division um i I just think that that puts it more in cowboys favor
0: yeah i we've got a question on it actually um which we'll get to in a bit but um i've got my i've got a i've got a theory that i think they wanted colby to beat usman yeah Connor, Connor to beat cowboy and then Colby Covington versus Conor McGregor, yeah, um, from the UFC's point of view, but yeah, I just I don't really understand it because to me, that Dana White has said that he wants to place the winner of Khabib and Tony Ferguson versus the winner of Conor and Cerrone. Yeah, now, to me, that makes sense. Do it at lightweight, yeah, but Cerrone's in the lightweight rankings, I think he's fifth or sixth. And Connor's third or fourth or yeah. third, so it makes sense for them to do it a lightweight it doesn 't really make sense to me why they would do it a well to it,
1: yeah, I mean baffling uh, yeah whether one, isn't it? whether it's connor just don't want to do any kind of weight cut and just you know come back mm-hmm. in feeling as strong as sharp as possible i don't know, but you know, know's uh, you know he's a he's a naturally bigger guy um. Yeah, uh, yeah I we'll see. It's going to be a good yeah. fight, I can tell you. I, yeah. think, I think that much at least. Well, I'm glad uh, Connor's back. You know, he's, he's been great for the sport. Love him, I loathe him. I've always really liked the guy. Um, I like his um, fighting style. Um, I, I just think he's, he just brings extra bit of fireworks to the display.
0: Well, let's face it. If we could get Conor McGregor back to his best, that's nothing but good for MMA. Because yeah. the, the, there's some big, huge fights out there for him, whether yeah. it's uh, a Diaz trilogy match, uh, Khabib rematch, uh, you know, Fergus. I think Fergus and Connor would be amazing fight. Yeah. And then you've got the Cowboy there, and you've got you know the likes of um, oh, I forgot his name now, but you've got like obviously the welterweights there as well. There's yeah. a couple of good fights there if they want he yeah. wants to go in that direction. It's interesting, interesting, Absolutely, interesting. Yeah. Um, so speaking of welterweights, the main event of the evening.
1: Hmm. Oh, Usman
0: versus Colby yeah. So
1: exciting. Yeah. So exciting. Right. This one. Yeah. Um. I. I. I just didn't know who to call on it. Um. Yeah. Who did I want to win? I think I wanted Colby to win. Um, for what reasons? Maybe he's trash talking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um. But uh, I was kind of wanting him to win it. Um, I think they both obviously have the potential to beat each other on any given day. Uh, yeah. First round started out. I, I, you are what surprised me? There was hardly any type of clinching, any kind of attempt at doing takedowns. And they're both wrestlers. How crazy is that? You, yeah. you, so the whole they fight, there
0: was nothing.
1: No. Nope. And um, from the, from the get go in the first round, man, they were just laying it down. They were throwing hands, kicks, knees. They, they were throwing it all at each other. And, I've just thought, you know, it just didn't disappoint. I mean, it wasn't like they were both, you know, shooting the load in the first round. They're both sh- showing some um, composure, considering all the tension built up in this. Mm. It wasn't like they was having a um, a playground scrap. They were both trying to figure each other out, but not by waiting or pausing or just fainting. They were throwing down. Um, it, it it was a great first round. Um, yeah, uh, you know, who you would give it? I maybe edged it for Colby, but that was just so close to call. Uh, I don't know who you give the first round to. I had um, I had Colby for the first round. Yeah, I expected Usman
0: to come out like Nunes did, um, just because there was a bit of needle. Um, and yeah, I, I thought he would come out and try and crack him early. Yeah, and like you said, they were both patient, but patient in a way where they were just exchanging. Strikes, yeah, it, it was it a work rate. Right. yeah. Like, shimmy, was... faint, dodge, <laughs> yeah. duck. It was bang, bang, bang. Let's have a go,
1: um, yeah, yeah.
0: Technically, a good fight though, it was really good. Um, and I think I do think Colby Covington, because of the things he says, uh, get all the attention. Is people forget that he's a very, very good fighter. Um, oh, absolutely and he's is a great wrestler, and he's he can take a punch, I tell you that much.
1: Yeah, um, I, I can't remember which round it was. Was it in the second round? He got he got hit with that crosshand right on the tip of the jaw. Uh, when you looked at the slow mo of it, I think this is one that he complained that he may well yeah. have broken broke his, his jaw. He said he broke his jaw. Yeah, I mean, has that been confirmed? Um, uh, I I'm not hundred percent sure. Okay. I haven't been able to see whether that is. But if if it's not broken, he certainly would have like dislodged his jaw and and, and you know taken it out of place which I've done before in bouts. And you know it's it's a very uncomfortable affair. Every shot hurts. Um, and he took a load of shots after that as well. Yeah, he did. And um, for him to sit in the corner and say, I think I broke my jaw, um, but to crack on with things, um, I mean, that legitimizes him as, a, as up there as one of the, the badasses as is being bantered about now with USC with their badass belt. Um, he's badass to, to get in there and still trade shots with Usman, who's a physical specimen but the, the, the rounds kind of they had their theme didn't they all the way through really it was yeah. a practical kickboxing match there was uh, no real takedowns uh, attempts uh, on either part which really surprised me uh, whether they planned it that way or, or, or whether they just got comfortable in that striking range um, I don't know why was there no wrestling <laughs> interesting yeah it's weird isn't it because like
0: you'd think that they that would be their go to thing Mm. Um. Oh dear! I right, just tried to happening. share. I right, just trying to share the the oh, okay. the the. the, the uh, sorry. Oh, he did suffer a broken yeah, jaw. Broken jaw. All oh, um, right, good. So, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So yeah, can you see that there? Yes, says, I can. I'm weaving it right cool. now. Excellent. Comfort. That's right, because I've never done that before. So I was just having a little play with that. Um. So yeah, he broke his jaw, and, so, and that was in the
1: second round. So yeah, early on in a five-round belt. To go through
0: that and to be hit as many
1: times as he was after that. Yeah. So, you know, his body gave out on him. So, yeah, he he ended up losing. Um, But, you know, you you can also surmise, this is not a done deal. You know, what would have happened, you know, if that jaw break hadn't happened? You know, how would those rounds progress then? Um, there's still things left undone with this with, with this competition between both these parties. Okay, Colbert's going to have to go back and maybe reassert himself, which I think he can potentially do. But that's going to be a long time out for him—a uh, broken jaw. I mean, I know there's probably different severities that take different time spans to get over, but you know, um, you know, what's he even going to going to do after? Because there is talk about him. Doing other things, isn't there? He was yeah. on about if you don't get paid more, he's off out and pursuing other other things.
0: I think he's very clever, isn't he? In in that he knew that a couple fights ago, he knew that they weren't his contract was up, yeah, uh, and he knew that they weren't planning to re-sign him. Yeah. Then had a very impressive performance in a fight and yeah. then cut an incredible promo afterwards when they gave him the microphone. Which mm. you know, saved his career. And now yeah. <laughs> now he's worth something to them. Now they don't want to lose him. Um so yeah. it'll be interesting to see to see where they go if he yeah. says, you know, I think I gotta do other things, whether they, they give him that big money, like they did with Connor. Yeah. Or whether they say, All right, okay, if you wanna go, go. Mm. I'm not so sure. Because yeah. I think they haven't got that many fighters at the moment. They've got plenty of world class fighters yeah i haven't got that many fighters with that uh that promotional uh skill that that, mm. that they can just give them a mic and they'll captivate the audience yeah, by, yeah. just by talking they haven't got a lot of those they have got a few mm. but they mm. i think they're they're those particularly the ones who can back it up with you know fight with technical yeah. ability
1: with with a chin. And- yeah, sorry, I, I was just going to say that. I don't mind people talking smack and, um, you know, creating an interest in the fight if they can back it up. Yeah. And, and Colby absolutely can. And although he didn't back it up with a win, he certainly backed it up with a show of heart. Um, you know, breaking your hand, uh, your arm, your, your, even your toe or your finger and carrying on a fight. But to break your jaw and carry on fighting, to me, that's, uh, yeah, it's not something I would relish the prospect of. That can't be good.
0: No, and I mean, I, you know, after that he didn't. Re- I thought he won... I did think he won for round four, mm. um, because the round began and Usman was kicking uh, Covington in the midsection and yeah. uh, getting those body shots. But then uh, Covington responded. He threw a body kick of his own, and yeah. he rock. He rocked uh, like a swing in Usman with a combination. Yeah, and whilst it didn't look like he you know, he was going to finish him as such. He did kind of stun him. We yeah. had the, like a like he had like a right hook on the counter. Yeah. Um,
1: and like you say, yeah. to do
0: that with a broken jaw when he's just you know, which was two rounds before, is yeah.
1: pretty impressive. The, the overall consensus of the the fight as a whole, as I saw it, was um, Colby looking better with his combinations, but not having the power to do damage. Yeah. Um, it did almost look like he rocked Usman momentarily, like his legs maybe, yeah. but. Usman received the shot so positively, even you know, it, even though he was getting hit, you know, he, he he didn't make him break form. He held himself together. Um, the only shot that ever looked like it could have spiraled into something would have been a concerted win was um, the left high kick to Usman's yeah, head. That's you it, know, yeah, so that They were making me oh oh you know that could lead to something. But other than that, he was relying on trying to land his combinations. But I think once his jaw had been broke, he started to lower his work rate. Now, that was either due to that broken jaw, where he was less willing to trade, or it was the fact that Usman was really working the body a lot on on Covington, Mm. and whether that started to telltale. Um, Now, something what impressed me with Usman was that he kept going to the body with that that teep um, and the punches. He was kind of throwing like an uppercut, wasn't he, to his body. And it was hitting home and it did seem to have a, a, an effect on Colby. Um, so that part of um, Usman's game really impressed me. That that was something that I think stood out. Um, but I, I think, you know, the, the end of that bout come partly because of, uh, obviously, the devastation to his jaw. He started getting hit and, and, and he just couldn't recover from it with, with the damage that had happened to his face. I think uh, had Colby not had that, Jaw issue. I don't think that fight would have um, would have uh, reached closure at all. I think it would have gone the distance.
0: Well, we say that. Um, obviously, the end of the fourth round, Covington nailed in with like a three punch co- a combo and a leg, some leg kicks. Um, yeah. And then he nailed in with that head kick, which yeah. kind of had a, like a brief halt. And mm. then they just finished the round swinging at each other. Just yeah, you know, just wild, not wildly, but like just just going for each other. yeah. Um, so I had uh, Covington win the fourth round, 10-9. Yeah. And then I had the overall score as 38-38 going into the fifth round. Right. So I was really excited because I'm kind of making notes and I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. They right, they hate yeah, each yeah. other. It's their draw in. It's the fifth round title fight. He's got a broken jaw and he's still going. Yeah. Um, But I thought Usman going into the fifth round, when he came out for the fifth round, he looked... Determined that he was going to finish it, he yeah, wasn't going yeah. to let it go to the end.
1: Yeah, well, did you hear that in his corner? I don't know how his corner found out, but his corner started saying he's broke his jaw, he's got a broken jaw, so probably that gave him a good old pep up that oh, you know, I could put this guy away. Well, I, don't, funny
0: I was going to say to you that he broke his jaw in the second round, mm. and I was he may usman can't have known because those middle rounds he he went a lot more for the body. Yeah. Whereas if he'd known he had a broken jaw, you'd yeah. think he'd try and crack him with a, yeah, you know, with a right. big elbow or a big kick mm. or whatever it may be. But, um the fight finished with uh, the fifth round and uh, mm. it's like four minutes in as well. So he, he nearly made it. Cole, yeah. Cole, Covington nearly made it, to The you know, five rounds, three with a broken jaw. Yeah. Um, Usman sort of charged at Covington while he was swinging at him and Usman follows by Back in uh, Covington, mm. landing more strikes. Usman then dropped Coving- Covington with a right. Covington got back up. Usman dropped him a second time and then he pounced on him, yeah. him with the strikes until the ref jumped in. Yeah, um, I know Covington's complained uh, on Twitter about
1: a few things. He complained yeah. about
0: the stoppage. He complained that the the low blow early on wasn't a, it was low, not a blow. low blow.
1: Yeah, I absolutely um, agree with that. It, looked like it kicked him
0: on the hip. And he also criticised him, the Goddard, the ref, for he says he didn't think the finger poke was a finger poke, um, yeah. but uh, he also didn't think the stoppage. He should he should have let it go. He thought he felt that he was all right. But I mean, you know, fighters generally are not not happy. Are they with? Yeah, the I think it's
1: probably just talking from raw emotion. It's just after yeah. the fight. Um, maybe under reflection, he'll change his opinions on on the comments that he's made. Um, yeah I mean th- th- like these fighters when they're fighting they're at that top level the-, the desire to win is huge and the uh, the feeling of disappointment when they don't must be huge too if not even bigger um, and this guy's just voicing his uh, disappointment and not getting the result he wants you know he's got a bad flavour in his mouth I just hope for all the fans sake that we get to see him you know come back to the u s c because uh, something in my gut tells me he, you know he might wrap it up um, mm. Yeah, I don't know if he showed interest in pursuing other dreams, other something it's in the pipeline anyway, and he was just waiting to see what happens. Uh, but maybe uh, I just hope not. I, I want to. I just think that this is left um, still left with work to be done between these two opponents, and um, I want to see it again. But that's maybe a fan point of view. There uh, uh, is too much fight left in Colby. Yeah, he's not fulfilled his full potential yet. I don't believe.
0: Yeah, I think hopefully it's like posturing to get a new contract because he knows that he's in a bit of a hot streak in terms of eyes on him. Yeah. So hopefully it's a bit of you know posturing to get a bad deal. Hopefully, yeah. because I agree, I think he's got a lot to to offer the UFC as company and and the MMA generally. You know, I think there is potential there for big fights, whether it's yeah. like this a rematch of this or you know, other fights, there's fights there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it'd be a shame if he packed, because he's not, uh, you know, he's not old, is he? How old is Colby Covington? i
1: uh, think I'm not he's um, sure. He's ages. Said. But, um, yeah, overall, good show? Yes, really good show. Some awesome matchups, some surprises. Um, yeah, I can't wait for for future yeah, ones. Maximum. It just excites, excites my bones. It really does. Yeah, um, 31, Colby Covington is. So um, 31, yeah. This is an interesting,
0: uh, interesting one. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, that's the show. We got a couple of questions for you, so we'll uh, let's finish off with some questions. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, guys, you can send questions for Danny each month or each show by tweeting at cast underscore Nation. Use the hashtag AceNationArmy or send them to facebook.com slash AceCastNation or you can email Ace Network contact at gmail.com. So, let's have a look what we have got. Uh, what do you think about Connor versus Cowboy and Tony Ferguson versus Khabib? with the winners facing each other and the losers facing each other, how do you see the fights going as well?
1: Right. Hmm. Well, um, I think because Conor McGregor's fighting at uh, 170, um, I'm going to have, I want him to win because, I, like I say, I'm a big fan of him. I, I think he's been great for the sport. But I'm also a massive fan of, of Cowboy. So, you know, I, I'm, I love both these characters. I love them both and respect them both as fighters. But I think for the fact that it's done at 170, um, I'm going to say that Cowboys going to have the more rounded tools. Now, Cowboy, although he's got really good wrestling and ground, he always chooses to strike on the feet. If he's a smart guy, um, he could choose to take this to the ground. Um, and and he's got good cardio he's always in super super good shape whereas Connor's cardio has always been a little suspect and is it really going to be that amazing being in that that heavy it just means that he doesn't have to run that weight off right so that concerns me a little bit regards you know what's Connor's mindset you know is he wanting to to train where he's really comfortable and have to weight cut something tells me that you know that might be the case you know maybe he's got a bit bit too comfortable being a super rich guy and, Mm. um, and chooses the easy route out of things
0: but then maybe he's got his motivation back and he wants to get back into the fight mm. game properly. Yeah. Cause I, mean, I have, heard, I saw an interview with him where he said that he's got that, um, that hunger back and that desire to, to train every day. And his yeah, coach, uh, John Kavanagh said the same that he's now back training every day. He's, mm. you know, he's sparring and doing yeah. everything on a daily basis. Whereas in the Khabib run up, he was doing a lot of press. Yeah, sure. It wasn't as, you know, focus, perhaps. Focus,
1: yeah. Yeah. But surely um, being focused, you would fight at the appropriate weight. And surely, surely 150 is the better weight, right? You know, yeah. Not, I
0: would think so. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not sure about what the, the thinking is behind it. Yeah. Uh, I would love to,
1: you know, you know, be able to ask either, you know, obviously Connor himself or, or, or John Cavanaugh. sure he has an influence on what, what the final say, so on what direction each fight goes in, but sure. You know, they could have done this at, at lightweight, for sure, surely they could, but I just, who knows? I don't know. But for for that fact, I'm going to go with Cowboy is probably going to Oof. win that fight. Interesting. But it could easy go the other way with, with the dynamite in uh, Connor's hands. Very interesting, mate.
0: What about uh, Ferguson and Khabib?
1: Yeah, crikey, Well, this is going to go one of two ways. You know, uh, either Khabib's going to just, you know, keep Wrestle fucking him. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't swear. Should I? yeah
0: you're right. You're right.
1: Yeah. You're right <laughs> he's <for> gonna. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you know, he, he's gonna keep taking him. Do I think? I just don't think he can finish him. Khabib won't finish him unless it's with getting cut, which I know. You know, it's possible that that could could be the case. Uh, but you know, sure. On the other foot, you know, the striking so way out there and, and so creative. Um, and even when a takedown's happening, you know, he rolls out of them and I don't know, you know, it, he could end up catching him in a sub. He could submit Khabib. I think that really is possible. And he's got the cardio as well to push Khabib into waters that he's never been into. And you've got to remember, Khabib's never been tested. He's always dominated and um, and controlled the pace because he's been too too good for people. What will happen when he can't control the pace over five rounds? Yeah. So, okay. As a uh, man, do I bet against? I'm going to bet against Khabib Yeah, I fancy yeah, Ferguson I'm, as well. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to go Ferguson on this one. Yeah. Do you know what Cowboy I think?
0: Ferguson. I think that Khabib is wary of Ferguson as well. Um mm. I think that not that that's the reason that the fight has kept being delayed, and mm. you know, there's been issues with it. But I do think that there's. A, there's a part of Khabib that's wary about Ferguson. Ferguson just seems unknockoutable. Yeah, just (laughs) takes those punches just unbelievably. But his his jujitsu and his submissions are just.
1: unbelievable absolutely. he, He fights on pure instinct. I'm sure there's never a game plan. Um, he literally fights punch for punch, kick for kick, take down for take down, submission for submission, position for position—literally like that. I just think he creates on the spot. Um, I think that's how he fights best, and that in turn makes him really unpredictable. And I think that's what makes Khabib feel a little uncomfortable about this matchup. Um, and 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 as a personality, I mean Ferguson is not all the ticket. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I really don't mean that in a bad way. But, yeah, um, no, you're right though. It, it, uh, it, in terms of fighting, that, that makes him you know, a difficult person to to, to fight against because it's not like you're going to be able to break this guy down mentally. I don't, I don't think he thinks like a normal human. So um, I think this also makes Khabib a little wary. Yeah, and when Ferguson said in an interview, um, I think I'm already in his head. I think mm. he's right. I think he is. I think we could see, I, I'm going to say Ferguson's going to win. I think he's actually going to fatigue Khabib Um, and and possibly will submit in in due process. Yeah, Mm. let's go for that. I'm going to go submission round four or five. Excellent. Uh, Next question was,
0: the person said, if Colby was telling his team that his jaw was broke, should they have pulled
1: him from the fight there and then? Uh, uh, No. No, I think the the, the fighter initially is, um, because I don't think you're allowed to throw the towel in, are you? Oh, yeah. um, I, I'm sure, sure in MNA you're not allowed to throw the towel in um, you know, I may might, might be wrong on that but I'm sure that, that's the case you'd think I'd know as a coach wouldn't you mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually something that I've not given a great deal of thought about but I'm, I'm sure that's the case um, uh, no uh, I, I think the fighter is certainly in enough experience to know whether he's taken enough or not um, okay. the only person who should uh, be making judgement on that other than the fighter is the referee or the cutsman yeah. other than that you know, he said, my jaw's broke, I won out. He didn't say that at all. He goes, I think my jaw's broke. And I think he's merely saying that as, okay, what's the strategy now? How do yeah. we still get through this fight with a chance to win? Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just down to, like, almost protecting it, isn't it? And trying to make sure you don't take any big shots yeah. there. Or... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, it wasn't going to be anything hugely more consequential than it already was. Um, had he says, hey, I've got a headache and yeah something vision or, Yeah, of course pull him out that's something neurological and that's, that's potentially very very serious but you know if someone says oh I think I broke my hand they very rarely stop they, they, they crack on yeah. and try and get through the belt um, you know I had one of my students uh, you know, uh, Denzel um, he, he was fighting it's just that I'm um, fighting at amateur level and it uh, comes back after the first round I'm like put your guard up your hand's so low he goes oh, I broke my arm Basically, the guy tried to put him in an armbar and he pulled his elbow free. So the armbar was on his forearm and it broke his forearm. Jesus and Christ. And uh, there I am saying, what are you doing? Yeah. You're Lift your arm I can't. <laughs> I broke my right arm. And uh, he fought the rest of the match. He lost on decision, but That's it nice. just goes to show you, you can have broken bones and, um, and fight through. Yeah. About. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you could do that with what happened to Anderson Silva.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, it
1: Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was, uh, that was another level.
0: But yeah, I know what you mean, like broken hands and stuff which yeah. doesn't affect the way you can stand or yeah, yeah. function. No, that's right. Um and final question was do you think do I, what I said earlier basically, do you think the the UFC was hoping that Colby would beat Usman and then Connor would beat Cowboy and they could do the basically the battle of the 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 microphones
1: by the sounds of it? Yeah, nah, no, I don't think so. I don't think there was anything in that. I think, yeah, I don't think UFC are into the. Oh, I hope they win. I hope he wins because it's going to create this. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it was down to that. All the I only
0: situation I disagree with that in is this Connor, Cowboy and uh, Khabib and Ferguson yeah. because right. I fully, fully, fully believe that they want Connor to beat. Cowboy, because yeah. the money match is McGregor versus kabib in Russia
1: yeah, I'm, I think if there's anything going to be um you know in terms of hoping for generating money and interest would be for uh, Connor and Khabib to happen a second time, um, and the only way that's going to happen is if he beats cowboy and um, and kabib beats Ferguson and um <laughs> with my thinking, I'm thinking it's going to be reversed, I think it's going to be Ferguson out on top and cowboy on top.
0: But then they could still do Khabib versus McGregor, then, couldn't they? Really, yeah. The two losers, <laughs> two losers. So, I mean, what what about that? Would be
1: to say they're both losers and fighting it off. <sighs> Oof. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, USC could do that no matter what. The two losers face each other. The two winners fight and face each other.
0: I would like. to, I'd still say I'd like to see. I would like to see Ferguson versus Connor more than I would like to see Khabib versus Connor again.
1: Yeah, 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 I think yeah. That would be incredible. I can understand that. That would definitely be that. Be lively. Oh yeah. Mm. Um so that's the show. Uh
0: Thank guys, you, si. you can check out uh, Danny's Academy, which is bstacademy.co.uk. You can see all our shows on video, youtube.com slash ace podcast nation, uh iHeartRadio, Apple Pods, Spotify, Stitcher for the audio versions, Facebook.com slash ace cast nation, give us a follow, twitter.com slash at Acecast underscore Nation, give us a follow. But most of all, just subscribe to YouTube. Click that bell so you're notified every time we update upload a show. That's the best and quickest way to support the show. Helps us grow uh, and helps us eventually be able to monetize YouTube as well if we get to a thousand subscribers. So I appreciate everybody downloading, commenting, sending us questions. Danny, I appreciate your time and uh, all your technical analysis. Hmm. Uh, we'll be back definitely for UFC 246, which is Connor versus Cowboy, on uh, the July the 18th. But we're also uh, planning, hopefully, to do the UFC fight night, which is January 26th, which is always the week, week after. By the looks of it. Um, but We'll have to out whether Danny's available and stuff with that. Hopefully he is, I think. Whether. Should be good. Yeah, Brad Johns is uh, the co-main event there, so I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, Danny, anything to add before we go, mate?
1: Uh, just big thank you, Si. I know you thank me, but this is always a pleasure for me. Um, yeah, it's great to be able to talk about something that I love, and, um, and I know you love it too. So, you know, that's great. We have great conversation. Always look forward to it. And for those who do take time out to listen, thank you also. And, you know, push it out there to other people. Let them know that this podcast takes place, and uh, let's get a bigger audience. Indeed Tell your friends
0: Tell their friends Share it Comment on it The best way to, uh, to grow Is for subscriptions on YouTube Comments on the videos and the shows And reviews on iTunes and stuff like that But the, the numbers are growing steadily all the time And uh, very grateful And we'll uh, see you I'll see you Next Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday Every week But uh, me and Danny will be back uh, 19th of January the review Connor versus Cowboy. Cheers guys! Network.